Welcome to Culture Night. Where each week we drink fancy wine and watch popular movies that are in some way culturally significant. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. And we want to say thank you again to everybody who's listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to everybody that's watching on YouTube. And if you are enjoying this podcast so far, if you want to like, subscribe, give us a rating. <laughs> ring that notification bell. You know, all the things that we're supposed anywhere. to say. Yeah, all those those things. So just do, um, do all of them on all the platforms. <laughs> just do all the things. Um, we're back for episode five. Yeah, we made it. Five already. Mm-hmm. It's honestly gone by pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're gonna still making our way in the world, but <laughs> yeah. five would stay. So the average gets to what seven episodes. Mm-hmm. So got a couple more before we beat the average, but I think we'll get there. Yeah. So far, there are plenty of movies left to, uh, to our, watch. Like we said last week, our backlog is off the charts. Yeah. Um, so but we please are... send in more recommendations too if anyone has any suggestions on anything on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Um, let us know if there's anything because there's no harm in adding more to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's each week it's a what do we watch and kind of scrolling through and we've looked at our movies so many times that it's mm-hmm. always good to have a few extra. Yeah. All right, you ready to jump into our podcast business? Podcast business, let's go. All right, so I had a lot of things to say about the movie last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still kind of feel mostly the same way about the movie in general. I think it's hard in the 2020s to um, get past a lot of the stereotyping mm-hmm. and the racism and the language. Um, it does not stand up today. Um, after having slept on it, though, I appreciate a lot more of the comedy and the just like the I mean the overall setting and the the. The th- I feel like a lot of the things they were doing from like a cinematography or like a comedic, comedic mm-hmm. filmmaking standpoint were seemed kind of new. I mean, we haven't watched many movies before 1974, mm-hmm. so I might stand corrected in future episodes, but I feel like I appreciate the, the revolutionariness mm-hmm. of it. And well, I think, I mean, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast, right? Just to kind of get a, a view of like what the cultural culture was like at that time and like, you know, what, what was acceptable in movies, what was considered, you know, comedy or, you know, how, how things were played, um, how they influenced or have, how things have kind of changed over time in, in seeing that. And yeah, I think, it, you know, especially you going into it completely blind, yeah. it was pretty jarring and probably a lot of like the first 30 minutes were probably you being like, wait, what am I watching? Is this exactly a, a, is this a comedy? Is this like, I can't believe they're saying that, doing that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I very much like, I kind of knew what to expect going into it. Um, but I, I, especially for you not knowing any of that, I'm sure that was a lot to take in. Yeah. So I, I will raise my rating a little bit. I think it was like a 4.2 or low fours is what mm-hmm. I said last week. And I am bumping it up to a 5.8 from, from a movie standpoint of all the like parts and pieces that go into mm-hmm. what makes a movie and the comedic style and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, it's just also not really still my kind of movie in general so i'm not going to give it some crazy rating because it's just not my style but um i am appreciating the yeah and and i think it was it was okay like from a from comedy for how much it like you know held up today um i don't think anything any rating higher than that would be warranted unless you were someone who just you know unless you were just doing it because it was like it's a iconic classic Mm -hmm. movie like it really isn't that great um, but yeah, so speaking of the culture of the time, um, we kind of want to start incorporating some kind of like tidbits of like what, um, what was popular at the time that some of these older movies were made. So the top grossing movies from 1974, um, number one being Blazing Saddles, um, two and three 
Towering Inferno and then Trial of Billy Jack I have not heard of. Um, number four, Young Frankenstein is another um, Gene Wilder movie, so he must have been pretty busy that year. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found was interesting was all the way down to number six was The Godfather Part Two, which I don't know if it just came out late in the year so I didn't have time to, to gross mm -hmm. that much or if it just wasn't at po that popular at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm excited to eventually get to some of those real, really big iconic movies to kind of see what, what those were like. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't surprise me that Young Frankenstein is on the list though just in the last seven days of me doing research on Blazing Saddles in general mm -hmm. and um, seeing we were talking last week about you know was this an iconic cast or were they like young stars that were getting ready to mm -hmm. do a lot of things and uh, we know that they went on to have big careers Mel Brooks. Well I think the, um, the executioner um, from that scene mm -hmm. I think he played um, Igor is that the assistant for Frankenstein? Like so, I think like that. from what I saw of like a little snapshot of Young Frankenstein, I think he might have played that. So I think that might have actually been like a reference to another movie or something in there. So it might have been kind of like a, I wonder how much of the cast overlapped between those two. If it's if it's like some of those, um, you know, uh, ensembles that stick together throughout like mm -hmm. several movies where um, yeah, like Adam Sandler and. and uh, Oh my God, what's his face? Uh, Rob Schneider. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Rob Blank. <laughs> Ron Phil. Yeah, so this sounds like another deep dive for another day. Yeah. Once we get more into these uh, Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks mm -hmm. genre of yeah. movies. Excited to add that one. Hopefully we can do that one soon. Um, Rob doing it tonight, spoiler alert. But uh, I think that uh, is one I would like to do kind of mm -hmm. soon in the next couple weeks. <clears throat> um, the top three songs were The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand, Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks, and Love's Theme by Love Unlimited Orchestra. Um, I, I don't can't say I've heard any of those songs. Okay, that makes me feel better because um, I was I like, who Barbara Streisand is. That, yes. That's about it. Um, <laughs> my, my thought process exactly when I read that list was, I've yeah, heard of I'm Barbara sure Streisand, I don't know any of these songs. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be a lot more interesting with movies like in the later 80s and 90s, more songs that mm -hmm. we we know. Um, but yeah, that's a little glimpse into 1974. And the next thing I have on, on my list is uh, going back to the movie and, and while we were um, talking about it with um, you know, friends and family of what movie we watched, I, I found it interesting when I told my parents what we watched, um, I expected them to be like, oh my god, we love that movie, it's so great, I've seen it a hundred times. Because they, they quoted it, referenced it, and talked about it, and my dad's apparently never seen it all the way through, he said, and my mom had no recollection of the entire ending, which I get it, it's very different from the rest of the movie and kind mm -hmm. of, you could kind of like segment that into its whole, whole separate thing where it just goes off the rails. But I just found that really interesting that it, from the way I kind of had heard it talked about, mm -hmm. um, that it wasn't um, wasn't as memorable or as, as well washed as I thought it had been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this, I did not talk to my parents about this one this week, but I have enjoyed, like when we watched The Graduate, I talked to them about it afterwards, and I feel like it's really interesting to be able to talk to people uh, you know, who were born in different decades and, mm -hmm. you know, or, or teenagers or adults in different decades and kind of getting a more well-rounded idea of how this movie was perceived by them at the time. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's why I love this this podcast and this yeah. idea so much is it's just... It's love, such to hear, a, love to hear from our subscribers, too. <laughs> all, it's such all a conversation starter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me and, like, two other people. Yeah. No, but if... If I'd love to hear more from anyone mm -hmm. um, about any of these movies because a lot of them, you know, you know nothing about or I know little about or mm -hmm. definitely um, didn't see it um, to appreciate it in its time. I'd love to hear some bits about like, oh, I went to see that on my first date or something like that. Yeah, really I feel cool. like those kinds of stories are really cool. Yeah. And then um, 
So you did some research. I did some research. I did some some little deep Still dives. Blazing saddles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with blazing saddles right at the beginning of this, just because there was a couple things we talked about during the podcast that kind of we've talked about before that I've wanted to learn more about, and just some other things that yeah, just uh, spurred some deep dives. I think it's good dives. to have some some stuff on it because a lot of times it's just our raw thoughts, and we. I, on purpose, I don't do too much research before mm -hmm. the movie because I don't want to spoil it. I kind of want to see it raw. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good that we kind of have some, some time to then go back, do some research, yeah. um, to kind of look a little, little different lens or something. Yeah. So um, the first thing that I did a little deep dive on was quicksand because uh, we mentioned last week that <laughs> we both um, kind of grew up thinking that quicksand was something that we were going to mm -hmm. encounter a lot as adults. You walk down the street, oh my God, it's quicksand. Like, oh, we you hear about that guy got stuck in quicksand last week. And uh, so it was something that we independently had thought our whole lives. And so I started just by Googling quicksand. And the first thing that popped up was an article from National Geographic. So, you know, it's legit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't really like read, I didn't go too deep on this dive. It was a very serviceable deep dive. Mm -hmm. But basically the quote from the article that I pulled was, according to a study published in the current issue of the journal Nature, it is impossible for a person immersed in quicksand to be drawn completely under. The fact is humans float in this stuff. So not it is not middle. as deadly as we were led to believe. Um, basically, like because we're we're denser mm -hmm. than water. Water we're, the quicksand is denser. Quicksand would be denser, yeah. yeah. So we would float, and you would be stuck in it. And the only thing that would really cause you to die from it would be um, dehydration, starvation, um, hypothermia, or like sun exposure because you're stuck in it and you can't get out. Or just like being too drunk to to know what you're doing, yes. lose all body control, so fall you, face you down into it. You wouldn't really trying to get hurt. Be completely submerged in it to that it would like suffocate you. Mm -hmm. um, so the movies do not portray it correctly. And then um, I found one other article. Well, the guy self-referred to it as an essay. So I can tell you I did not read the entire thing because it was very, 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 very long. But basically, he's, it starts off by him saying that he grew up thinking that he was going to encounter quicksand a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we thought. And um, he then apparently, I think this article came out in like 2010 or 2011, and he asked a bunch of elementary school kids. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid of quicksand or I've not heard of it. Like, it seems mm -hmm. like it's kind of died out in today's age. And so he did a really deep dive on quicksand. And apparently there are some quicksand enthusiasts out there. And they have watched tons and tons of movies and collected mm -hmm. all this data about all the times that it was referenced over the years. And um, I will put the graph in our, um, pod, our Instagram stories, but they have a graph of how often like it was shown in movies and when it peaked. And it peaked mm -hmm. in the 60s. About 3% of movies in the 60s referenced quicksand in some way, shape, or form. And then it's kind of, it was like nothing. And then it was a pretty sharp increase. Yeah. And I think because it was an easy like um, effect to do without having the technology we have today. Well, even in the movie, the they, they kind of made it look like a joke it was kind of like uh how hard can this be to fall they was kind of standing there that i think maybe they were probably making fun of that whole thing mm -hmm. there but has this guy done similar research on like tidal waves and volcanoes and nunchucks i don't know but i will i will <laughs> see if he has any further essays um, more about that. but it's like a steep decline from there so mm -hmm. um we are not alone in thinking that quicksand was something that would be around mm -hmm. a lot at least one other yeah, person out there mentioned anymore and so um that was my quicksand deep dive and then um, 
one other reference back to Blazing Saddles is we were talking while we were watching it about the ending and how like maybe there was an alternate ending when it was originally released because they you know break out of the the true movie and mm -hmm. they're on the Warner Brothers lot and they go to the Chinese theater. And they basically go to the premiere of that movie or yeah. something like. And so we were like maybe they you know had some kind of live reenactment during the real premiere. Mm -hmm. um, so I googled Blazing Saddles premiere, and although what we thought did not happen. They had a pretty dope premiere as it is. So on February 7th, 1974, the premiere of this movie was at a drive-in theater in Burbank, California. So not the Chinese theater. So it was not a Chinese theater. But instead of having cars drive in, everybody that came, including all the main stars of the movie, came in on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> so really leaning into the movie theme. And um, at this drive-in, they had a horse fatality bar set up. <laughs> for all of the guests to get their snacks from. And the um, the bar also served horse d'oeuvres. <laughs> there are also some pretty funny pictures from the article that I read all this in. I'll also link all of that mm -hmm. in our Instagram stories. But um, I wonder if any movies do anything similar to that nowadays. I feel like right? it'd be a huge publicity, like, easy publicity thing to right? do. Right, Melba Brooks and Gene Wilder and Cleo yeah. Little and all of them just riding in on horseback with all the other mm -hmm. guests. I mean, I'd yeah. be quite a red carpet. Yeah. So I don't know, Hollywood, just about for you. So crazy. That was that was my deep dives into Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah. But crazy. We'll see, we'll see what else we get from yeah. future movies, but uh, I learned a lot. Yeah. So last bit of, of podcast business is that hopefully this is our last podcast without dedicated microphones. Right now we're relying on a Rode video mic, um, and I think the quality is not atrocious. Probably doesn't help that we have nothing on the walls down in this, this basement yet. We're still kind of setting up our our set um hopefully someday like match like the tuxedo time like level of detail and some you know full uh, quality set but we at least will get our roadcaster pro and um some road pod mics soon so hopefully sound a little bit better especially for those listening um just audio only uh, get a little bit of that deeper more um sexy voice and um, now that we've talked for so long, I'm very ready to taste this wine. Yeah, so what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, you have the bottle. We are drinking the Tobin James 5. For um, our fifth episode. For our episode How fitting. Five. Yes, um, this wine is special to us because we got the um, our first bottle of five, not this one, um, when we first started dating. And we saved that bottle for five years until our fifth dating anniversary. So we mm -hmm. drank that a couple years ago. So it's been a while since we've had a five, but I'm excited to break into another Fives one. are delicious. It's for the five varietals. Which is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Verdot, which we love, Merlot, Malbec, and Cabernet Franc, which is also, my favorite. We also love, yes. Yes. Just need some Petit Syrah and it'd be perfect. So, and so another 2013, another 10 year old bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. I and mean, who knew we had such a stash? Yeah. That happens when you're hoarders. Ooh, that's. Mm. Dark cherry, vanilla. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely dark. I almost got like smoky at first, but then mm -hmm. I didn't get it the second. It's a second smoky one. dark cherry. Mm -hmm. I got smoky after you said it. So like some raisin. Mm -hmm. Almost like a little bit of coffee, like coffee bean. Mm-hmm. The taste matches the smell pretty well. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've had some lately that haven't. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of tastes like everything we just kind of called out. Mm -hmm. a bit like it's not that. super alcohol. Yeah, it's like, it's like a raisin level of sweetness, not too sweet or anything. It was good. Mm -hmm. I'm to drink this one young. 
Yeah, I don't really have any, any more to add. That's mm -hmm. that's really good though. Yeah. Definitely recommend the yeah. five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, and so now that we've dove into that, uh, what are we watching tonight? We are watching The Jerk from 1979. Um, what do you, or have you seen it before? I have not seen it before. Have you seen it before? I have, but it's, again, been like a decade since I've seen it. Um, so, obviously, not, not to give too much away, but Steve Martin obviously is in it. That's um, all I know about it is Steve Martin's in it. He looks the same as he does today because he reached max age like 50 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think... I think you're gonna like it. It's it's. I mean, he's. I mean, what's not to love about Steve Martin? Yeah. Um, do you want to hear what I, my expectations of this movie are? I want to hear your prediction. So, I I've seen the movie poster, and by seen it, I mean as I was we were scrolling through a list trying to pick what movie to watch this week. So, um, I don't really know a whole lot, mm -hmm. but my uh, just no having zero idea what this is about, just my guess based on the title and that it's Steve Martin, is that he, either he is like some kind of annoying neighbor or like he has an annoying neighbor who like picks on him all the time and mm -hmm. is a jerk um, in some capacity. I imagine it will be a comedy and be entertaining. I, it's a horror uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> my nightmare, uh, literally. Um, and that it's probably more of, I say dark humor, but more of that like, boy type humor like not not just like oh uh -huh. just trying to get in a little of the dirty jokes and mm -hmm. the dirty um like tricks or pranks on other people i have no context for that that's just if i had to pick something that would be my guess of what it's gonna be i hate this because you have some idea and you're just <laughs> what do you looking do? Like, you want to tell you yes or no no i, I just don't sit there just kind of like nod <laughs> it's just it's just awkward <laughs> giving me eyes yeah. um but i'm excited i I wasn't sure what how I wanted to take this week as far as what the movie went to go like totally different. I do kind of want to switch it up from the 70s next week, but I am excited that we're staying in the same decade within mm -hmm. five years and a similar style like comedy. I don't know how similar the movies are going to be, but mm -hmm. um, and just I think this one will be a good one to compare with last week, just coming from a similar yeah. time. Period. I do want to do Young Frankenstein in the next like week or two though, mm -hmm. just before we fully go out of the 70s. Um, I'd like to while it's still kind of fresh mm -hmm. we do that but yeah. yeah i'm excited to kind of jump around a little bit too time travel Ooh, <laughs> potential name change mm. <laughs> no culture what we got yeah. until we get sued <laughs> True. all right so um i'm ready to jump into episode five what about you yeah let's do it all right let's go all right the jerk the jerk. I um, was wrong. <laughs> just a little bit. That's why I was like so interested when you were like mm -hmm. giving your prediction of just like, sure, I'm just gonna like, I keep mean, talking. I had to pick something. Yeah. I, and I, I was I was kind of imagining more along the like Dennis the Menace vibes, mm -hmm. but like the adult version. And what you were saying, I was like, that seems like a, a like a plausible explanation. But, uh, for like it. in a, like a nineteen seventies plot. Especially if you're like coming from this of like the uh father of the bride aspect of it mm -hmm. like that could be a good like before he did mm -hmm. father of the bride that this led into it but, oh we gotta put that on our list mm -hmm. i've seen it a thousand times but it's so good um so before we get to that though um the wine the wine scale of one to ten the so good wine the, the 
the 2013, 2013 five, five. Tobin James. Um, very pleasant the whole time. I feel like we've had some where like mm -hmm. first sip's good, second sip's good, and then it kind of gets kind of alcoholy and like mm -hmm. not as great. I give this one a 6.8. 6.8. .8. I give it an 8.2. Ooh. Yeah. It was and I, I, and I think we're kind of probably- So before we, just, we, before we say it, we need to also explain the scale. This is not yeah. a scale of like zero being like the worst wine ever. Like a zero is like, this is this is a weighted scale, I guess, or uh, yeah. it, it's- it's Zero is not like- Zero is still a good wine. Like a Franzia yeah. type wine. It's, it's, it's not shit water to like best wine that costs mm -hmm. like $20,000. This is like on a scale of like zero being like, it's good, absolutely nothing remarkable about it to a 10 being like the best ever. Mm -hmm. So an 8.2 is a fairly high score. Yes, it is very high, which like, I just, yeah. I couldn't put it that high. Cause I don't, I, I feel like I've, I've had some experiences with some wines, like drinking that one Tobin James Petit yeah, Syrah on the I, PCH. I do, like, now that I said my scale, I wanted, I do want to reconsider it and not because of, of your number, mm -hmm. but because I feel like anything above an eight is like a Really good wine. Yeah. And like and we've had we've had some really and, good wines. And that was a great wine. Yeah. And like so when I say six point eight, I mean it with like the most sincere, like I very much enjoyed that whole bottle. I will say the sediment at the end, not so great. Yeah. It was only the last sip, and that was probably because it's and I didn't get the sediment, she got all of it. Yeah. Um, um, that's because it's a ten year old wine and we've had it stored probably not so great over the last couple of years. Yeah. But flavor was good. So between when I said that I was going to change the score and when you said 6.8, I'd forgotten that your score was 6.8, but that was the number that came to mind second. Uh, when I was drinking it, I think, I think I would rate it on a scale of being zero being like crap wine to mm -hmm. 10 being like, I think that's where I'd put it at 8.2, but mm -hmm. thinking of the scale again, mm -hmm. 6.8 sounds right. Yeah. It's... 6.8 is still very good. Am I truly going to like remember the taste of this wine forever? Mm -hmm. No. But that's nothing against the wine itself. I enjoyed every taste of it. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, the flavor was really good. Like the nose was really good. Just yeah, there was nothing like there was nothing off about it or off putting. It just I I feel like there I was expecting a little more like um, complexity to mm -hmm. the the flavor of it. And it was it was good. Um, I liked everything that I got out of it from the the nose and the actual taste of it. Um, just nothing out of this world. So I think 6.8 is, is mm -hmm. about right. It was good. Highly recommended. Very good wine. And Isn't I, going to make you like bring a tear to your eye by drinking it, but still very good. And I want us to try to drink another five, maybe maybe for 10, episode 10, Ooh. just because it's been since right, right at three years ago since we've had mm -hmm. another five. I thought we've had two of the fives. I don't think we have. We only had the one? I think we've only had the one. We have, we have probably five or six of them. Mm -hmm. That we have five fives. Okay, I think we have five left now. Yeah. Um, that like I want to have one sooner just to see how much we really enjoy. Yeah, I think we get like generally about one per shipment. This is the uh, black box post. Uh, the after show, after show wine. wine. It's the the Pinot Noir. I can drink it now that we've rated the wine because normally I yeah. take a sip of this and then I forget everything about the other wine. And it's crazy because like the the five. It was very good, and you're like, yeah, it was it was great. Nothing to write home about. It was really good. You taste this, and not that the black box is not good, 
but also it's just so much more like suppressed. Mm -hmm. There's like not as much going on yeah, that it's, complex. you can, you can tell the difference between. And, and like, and I had a glass of the black box the other day without having like a nice wine before mm -hmm. or after it. And I was like, this is very good. Like this yeah. is a perfect, like end of the day, been with the kids all day. Like I yeah. need, or I'm having a glass I've of wine. I've had way worse box wine. It's black very box good. Is very good. But then when you have something like really good, mm -hmm. it, it and I think that's why it's so hard to give this scale rating is mm -hmm. then you go to this, which is not even really on the scale. Yeah. Like I've had, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough job we have here. Like, like I said, it's not that it's bad. It's just, I feel like the, the, the range is compressed. Mm -hmm. The highs aren't as highs, but also the lows aren't low at all. It's, it's, it's a good, mm -hmm. it's a good after show wine. Highly recommend black box. Please sponsor us for the after show. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, moving, moving on the movie out of 10. I'll let you give your score first. I did wine first. I'm gonna go 7.7. Really? Yeah. I thought there were good, like, <laughs> legitimate laughs. Not, not that I uh, completely disagree with you at yeah. all. I just we don't we don't talk about this at all beforehand, so yeah. it's just. Well, really first, what, what is what's your rating? Mine was a six. A six. Six even. Six even. See, I thought it was good. I thought the storyline was pretty good, um, especially. I think for. For its time, it also would have been a lot better. I think it influenced a lot of movies, and we'll mm -hmm. get to that in the, in the, uh, the show notes or the notes. But um, I thought it was good. It was still interesting to watch. Um, some of the lines were still very much funny to this day. Didn't seem mm -hmm. super forced in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't dislike it. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel like it's similar to the wine. Like, mm -hmm. do I really want to watch it again multiple times? Not really. Mm -hmm. I think I, again, kind of like last week, like I'm gonna take a lot from this and I'm excited to build on having this in my movie mm -hmm. repertoire now. Um, but, and yeah, it was just okay. I mean, but I mean, I did laugh. I yeah. did enjoy the storyline and you know, I have a lot more notes and things to say once we get in a little deeper Not to like into it, fully but. get too in depth on, on a scale or anything, but I feel like, you know, anything above a six means like if I'm just, Flipping channels, not that I ever do that, but flipping channels, flipping it's channels. on TBS, it's like, you know, a third of the way through, yeah, I'd probably give it an hour, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. That's give more it, for rewatchability, but like overall, yeah. like I liked it, enjoyed it, it was mm -hmm. good. Um, yeah. So that's the, uh, the rating. Just at a glance rating. Yeah. Um, so next, the, uh, the, Wiki the Wikipedia description, or no, I guess uh, the- We've kind of moved on to this. Yeah. You have to give yours first. So okay. what's your so overview plot summary? My description is that um, Steve Martin, his character's name is Navin, um, he's, he is retell he's recapping his life from growing up from like leaving his home um, where he was very poor, thought he was black, and he, he thought he was black. Um, and then he goes out into the world, um, starts out at the very bottom, he's very, um, naive about everything um you know works his way up from like a job to another job as like as like working at a carnival and suddenly some person that he'd met previously who'd given like some help to uh turns out that that invention that he had actually was sold for millions and millions makes a whole lot of money um has this whole over-the-top grandiose lifestyle turns out that his invention had some side effects he gets sued for it loses everything um and then ends up doing okay in the end because his poor family had been sending money back to the whole time, um, had invested that money and he, 
you know, is able to um, recoup that. Obviously, it's a lot more of a comedic take on all of those various stops along the way. And, um, yeah. I feel like I need to probably put, like, spoilers included in these podcasts now that I, like, really sit down and listen to your well, I mean, we, descriptions. We, we kind of tell people, watch the show and then watch our after show kind of That's thing. True. That's so, true. So, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's been out since 1979. That's more on you than on us. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, that true. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. Yeah, we expect that you watch it beforehand. Yeah. But just spoilers. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And going off that, the description on the TV of this movie is, After discover discovering he's not really black like the rest of his family, likable dimwit Navin Johnson runs off on a hilarious misadventure in this comedy classic that takes him from rags to riches and back to rags again. The slap happy jerk strikes it rich, but life in the fast lane isn't all it's cracked up to be. And in the end, all that really matters to Johnson is his true love. That's basically That's what I said. A, a little bit more concise, exactly. Yeah. Of what you, more, said. More you gave a little more detail. language. You gave a little more detail yeah. of what the stops on the way. Yeah. But yeah, overall, that's the summary of the show, the movie. That's the true. movie. Um, that's the summary of the movie. Rotten Tomatoes rating, by the way, 83%. The star rating, I don't know where that comes from, 6.9. Crushed it! So kind of like, you know, what, about halfway between what we rated it? Maybe oh, no, my, I gave the wine a 6.8. I thought yeah. it was a movie. My bad. Yeah. It is exactly pretty much yeah. between the two of us. Um, so next up is, was the movie what you expected? <laughs> Obviously not. Having, um, seen, having seen it, it was exactly what I remembered. Um, not what I expected, but at the same time, like the my guess of it was just a yeah. like I saw one picture of the movie, pulled something out of nothing, and just mm -hmm. gave a guess of it. Am I totally surprised by any of it? No, like yeah. it was it was not what I guessed it was would be in the before show, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to look at the, the title and see Steve Martin and be like, yes, this is what I'm going to guess. Is mm -hmm. what, um, it, it was very, very random, very mm -hmm. not random, but like different than what you would expect based on the title and the character. Yeah, But it also, it like doesn't surprise me f coming from when it came from. Mm -hmm. seems like very much the, a storyline that they would have written into a movie in the seventies. Mm hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little out of order on our order of questions, though, and just go to, um, did they say the title of the movie? And they definitely did. Mm -hmm. he, he says it, like, in the very first, like, minute. They don't really say it much later until he calls himself a jerk. Mm -hmm. um, but that leads me to the, the next question of, did the title fit the movie? Mm -mm. And I don't think it did at all. Mm -mm. Um, Not at all. It fit the title of the movie that I made up. Because also, he was, like, he was so, like, lovably naive, where mm -hmm. he was just stupid. He wasn't really being a jerk. Especially on a purpose. That didn't really lead to any mm -hmm. of this at all. Um, so unless yeah. Jerk had like a different meaning in 1979. Yeah, um, I don't think that I don't think it'll fit it at, at all. all. Um, I don't know what else you would have called it. Um, but. Yeah, I, don't, I can't come up with a good other name off the top mm -hmm. of my head. But I don't. I was just thinking when you were giving yeah. the description. I was like, I just still don't really know where they got the title of this movie mm -hmm. from. And, yeah. and just like thinking like, like falling upwards or something like about like how you like inadvertently succeed to an extent I feel like would, would fit more. The jerk didn't feel like it fit at all. But I also don't, don't really know what about this title would really entice me to go to the movies to see it in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I mean, unless they had like really good trailers that like yeah. brought was, you in. Yeah, and was Steve Martin really big before this? 
know. He's pretty know. young. I looked. That's, at the, I feel like this is a good deep dive for next week. It's just like a little bit early of uh, Steve Martin's career. I did look just because he's still. He's already so gray. Like not that I'm really going to talk, but. Um, he was 34 in this. I did peek at your notes and that's the one note I saw was yeah. that he was 34 and I was like, oh man, that's crazy. He was already so gray. And then I realized it's to you. Thanks. Well, <laughs> you look good. And hey, if Steve Martin can pull it off his whole yeah. life, it's not a bad person to But to it was like. just interesting to think that he has looked like that, I feel like forever. And, and like I read that note and the whole, it's pretty early on in the movie and I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. And just thinking like, but he looks exactly the same as he yeah. does now. I mean, he's a little whiter, obviously now, but overall, he's not changed really yeah. at all. I feel like, and that that kind of segues into our next question of um, how well did it age and could it be made today? I feel like he could just pop right into it oh, in character, sure. like, and it would for be sure. like picking up like the next day. Mm -hmm. Probably no other actor like could be in it, or half of them are probably not even alive anymore, but. He could very much with like a tiny bit of makeup. Just to drop him right yeah. in there. A little bit of like uh, airbrush effect would mm -hmm. look exactly the same. Um, but how well did it age? And could it be um, today? Besides the fact that Steve Martin could just hop right in. Steve Martin could make it for sure. Um, I think it was overall aged pretty well. I mean, there was definitely some, it was not as um, like, overly aggressive as last week blazing mm -hmm. saddles it obviously started with a lot of race-based humor which i don't know would be received very well today mm -hmm. um i mean it was not it was not terrible yeah i don't think there's anything that really would have over like from a, a high level like plot line storyline anything that would have made it super unmakeable today some things obviously would need to be tweaked but the for the most part it's like Especially the, the the idea that he strikes a rich on some stupid idea and becomes like a millionaire, billionaire overnight. Like that, I feel like is the whole like premise of half the Silicon Valley like startups is like you do some one stupid thing, something takes off, you mm -hmm. make a whole lot of money, and you, then you lose it because of something stupid like the next day. I feel like mm -hmm. that's that could very much be the the storyline there. Would it, it would be like mm -hmm. a computer or technology related idea, um, and I think otherwise it, it could have been made. There were some things they would have not fully copied over like some of the racial tones I think would have been a little bit different mm -hmm. um at least I think that's the like did it age well like some yeah. of the racial stuff mm -hmm. didn't age great mm -hmm. but it was not like like as aggressive as last week yeah. Blazing Saddles was just like really in your face mm -hmm. and really uncomfortable and a lot of stereotyping and there yeah. was still some stereotyping here it was I don't feel I don't feel as uncomfortable maybe if mm -hmm. we'd watched these reversed I would have been felt a little caught off guard by this one and yeah. then really caught off guard by Blazing Saddle, but having seen this after this, it feels... Yeah. Um, and one thing I think that probably would have been different, though, is the... Um, i trying to see, does it say what it was rated? I don't see it up there. Um, I think they probably would have also toned down the fact that, like, when he got rich, he bought a whole bunch of, like, paintings with, like, topless women. Oh, the, like, t the movie rating? Yeah. Oh, because I did actually make a note of that, because I was reading it at the very end. It's rated R. Rated R. And I was wondering, because I was, I had actually went back and rewound it, because mm -hmm. it popped up at the very end, and I feel like that's something we should start paying attention to, because yeah. it's not something I've really thought about. Especially, like, when you're a kid, you're like, this movie's rated PG-13, oh my god, or like, the, oh my well, gosh, this PG-13 also R. used to be a lot more, like, 
they used, to, they used to do a lot more PG-13 than they do today. Mm -hmm. But I, I like at, when you're a kid and you can't watch it because you're not 13, mm -hmm. you know, those things feel like so much more of a big deal that mm -hmm. it's, I hadn't even thought about movie ratings in so long that it popped up and my I was like, oh, let me see if, uh, so I had to rewind it to see if they had said like why it was rated R, gave mm -hmm. any kind of detail, and they really didn't. But I would like to kind of start paying attention more to the ratings. But I think nowadays movies. like movies try to t like stay under that R rating because they want to appeal to like a larger audience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think a lot of things with like him buying the the art, they would have made it not something with like tits in it because they wouldn't have wanted to have to deal with the R rating. They would have kept mm -hmm. it just below that bar, mm -hmm. just to maximize profitability, which I feel like waters down a lot of like, you know, movies and the creative freedom they have because like you go one step too far. You say you say fuck one too many times. Mm -hmm. Sorry for anyone watching this with kids, but like. <laughs> You know, it, it goes just that cross that line, and suddenly the the amount of money you make from a PG thirteen versus an R movie changes. Whereas I feel like if you're gonna make an R rated movie nowadays, you lean heavily into the, like let's go to the end of the spectrum of mm -hmm. just how many curse words and nudity and all that stuff we can put into it because we want to get our money's worth for that rating. Um, but this was mm -hmm. R. And I, I, um, I guess that makes sense. It, it seems like an R movie. Yeah. I do think that maybe we should start talking about the rating of these movies, mm -hmm. just because I think it'll be interesting to see how they change over the years and like how yeah, how much more extreme the R yeah. plus gets and well, all that kind of stuff. But, but that, that was my very last note was that it was rated R, and I was going to talk about how mm -hmm. uh, just not something that I really thought about for any of the previous movies. Um, were there any actors that went on to do bigger things? Yeah. Um, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, obviously. This has to be very early on yeah. in his career. He is obviously still very He's present. Seventy-seven today, still acting. Just things. crushing it today. Um, Bernadette Peters is in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, I saw his name, but the guy who was in Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, I wouldn't quite know if I'd call that like bigger things, but he definitely like still acted twenty mm -hmm. plus years later. Uh, the the hitman that turned into a private detective played the neighbor. In, in Christmas, Christmas with the Cranks. Basically played a very similar character in Christmas with mm -hmm. the Cranks. I don't know if he I'm, was typecast as that or that's what he just wanted to play. I'm kind of mad that character didn't come back again in the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm i glad he came back a second time, but I feel like a, a third time would have really completed yeah. his character arc in the movie. Mm -hmm. Just side note. Yeah. Um, what impact do you think this movie had on pop culture? I mean, I think it was just like the beginning of Steve Martin's career, and I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, one of my notes is that he's the same, more yeah. or less, than he. I mean, I have some other notes to comment add on that in a minute, but like, yeah. I think you, you see the foundations of where he goes with his acting and his career and his mm -hmm. comedy over the yeah, years. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of it influenced a lot of movies in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, this movie, I don't know if it directly, um, like, I felt directly referenced it, but I think his or this style of movie is very recurrent in Steve Martin movies with it's like he wasn't fully narrating it but he kind of did give a narration as he was talking through it. Mm -hmm. He might have narrated I don't know if I paid full attention to that but at some point he was like, talking Father yeah, of the Bride he starts off narrating. at the beginning yeah. and at the end I'm trying to think like I mean I know him also from like Cheaper by the Dozen and mm -hmm. I kind of feel like he does there's narration in that yeah. too that oh I don't know if that's like ooh, I don't know how much of that is his, that. his idea or if that's more just what Steve Martin like happened mm -hmm. to be in movies that happened to have like some sort of narration pushing the story forward. Another thing for us to watch. Um, but I think it definitely influenced a lot of movies, and I'll talk about that in my notes of movies that I feel like that mm -hmm. reminded me of at least, or that I got a lot of um, familiarity with. Um, uh, do you feel cultured after watching it? 
I do. And I, I say yes, especially more thinking back on last week where I said no, I didn't feel culture. That's because I really went really blind into last week, yeah. not even knowing who was in it or what kind of movie it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I at least knew this was probably a comedy because it was Steve Martin. And I don't know that he does anything other than had comedies. Had you like heard of The Jerk before? Or I that... maybe had, but I mean, it was not something that really stuck out to me mm -hmm. in my mind. But I also feel like having watched a 1970s movie last week that... I, I, I see a little bit of like similar styles and a little bit mm -hmm. of like overlapping and things and I appreciate where like this is gonna be a foundation for something else and I'm I'm appreciating where what what do you feel cultured means yeah and I, I think I'm what I'm getting more from this that I didn't get the first time I watched it like 10 plus years ago is that I feel like I can see where this influenced a lot of movies mm -hmm. um, and this is what came out in what 79 yes um, I think it did kind of like start bridging the gap between like 70s movies and 80s movies for whatever that mm -hmm. really means Well, we'll probably figure that out more as we go along. Mm -hmm. I'm really but, excited to get into the 80s. Yeah, but it felt like it was kind of Transitioning into a different style maybe of movie um, But I, I definitely see this as kind of like the you know, the root of a lot of um, further ideas that um, Comedy can, and yeah, all that kind of stuff that. Mm -hmm. um, Do you want to do your notes first or do you want me to go first? Um so I guess you probably, I think you went last, first last week with your notes. I think so. Because so, <laughs> I was so blind last week, I had to talk first. Yeah, I'll start out. I don't have too many notes mm -hmm. compared to um, uh, previous weeks, but I do want to um, just, there's one I think that I want to probably talk about a lot. Um, first, I thought it was funny that the tab cola, tab cola in the beginning, just I feel like I watched a YouTube video about like cola wars, or maybe I watched it about like tab, and I think it, it was apparently discontinued relatively recently, but like mm -hmm. it was like, it felt like a real like this is back in like the 70s slash early 80s like when it became really popular um as like a a soda back when there used to be more than just like coke versus pepsi mm -hmm. and i mean i've had it many times in my life and I actually when i back in the days when i used to drink a lot of soda mm -hmm. i very much enjoyed tab and i think my parents really i think it's because my parents really liked it mm -hmm. and they would buy it all the time I see i can see and that I mean, they were probably similar, I mean, mm -hmm. a little younger than Steve Martin, but mm -hmm. kind of of that similar generation. And as soon as I saw the tab, my brain immediately was like, oh, I love tab. Well, it was the whole like being marketed as like sugar-free, sugar-free. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was maybe like the first like real like sugar-free, be healthy, exercise with soda type um, type thing that I, I can see that being like kind of a cultural like icon of those times. I feel like the 80s mm -hmm. got really big into the whole like fitness vibe and I could see a tab being like, you know, mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, and then like going really big in the 80s and being yeah. a sign of that time. And kind of on that similar note, I do feel like there was a lot of like product placement in, and not a ton that was like mm -hmm. super obnoxious, like certain movies, but there was the Tab and the Twinkies and the Mr. Bubbles when he was in the bathroom. Is that what it's mm -hmm. called? The... Yeah. I can see the logo in my head. Mm -hmm. And probably Bubbles. some of the um, automotive brands when he was at mm -hmm. the gas station. And even the like um, the graffiti on the wall in the bathroom when he was in there with the uh, manager thinking that it was his home. It said mm -hmm. like Ford Rules and had yeah. some like <laughs> car name brands on it that mm -hmm. like, I think there was some like subtle product placement in there, which yeah. I feel like is probably something we're going to start seeing a lot more as we, mm -hmm. I mean, I know we're not really on a specific path of going from the 70s yeah. straight through to now, but it's something we'll see more in the like 80s and 90s as capitalism mm -hmm. takes over. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not going down. <laughs> um, the fact that Steve Martin was only 34, we've talked about that. Um, so in the beginning, I felt, a I felt like this really influenced Elf with Will Ferrell. 
I swear on my nose too. Like all I thought the whole time was like, this is like a. Where he a, like it grows up thinking something yep. else, finds out like, oh, he's actually not black. It's like just yep. a buddy finding out that he's not an elf. Um, he's very naive, very dumb. Like goes out into the world, travels. Like it almost felt like this was just a huge like elf was a big ripoff of this. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's that's more where I feel like the most like I feel cultured seeing that is like this. Seeing Elf, I, I, I kind of view Elf differently now. It's like, it feels I'm kind way of less... At first, I was really proud of myself for coming up with the Elf original. reference. Um, um, no, I totally felt the same way. And, like, it was hard because it was, like, obviously, like, the Christmas innocent North Pole mm -hmm. type story. But then I, as soon as I realized that, which was probably in the first, like, 15, 20 minutes that my brain kind of connected mm -hmm. the two movies together... And then I couldn't kind of unsee it, and like, then it just kept going, and he just was so... Uh, then as soon as you said naive when you were giving your description, mm -hmm. I was like, that's exactly the way yeah. he just... And, like, the way he, what, trusts uh, the dog shithead to, like, with the fire thing, almost feels like the same, like, way Buddy trusts uh, the world's best coffee mm -hmm. shop in New York. It, it just mm -hmm. very much felt like that. And his, like, innocence of falling in love and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's so many, so many parallels. And now I'm, maybe, maybe we'll have a deep dive for next week if I'll see if there's other people that mm -hmm. feel similar connections um, between the two. I've also, you haven't, I don't think you've seen it or haven't seen it all the way through um, Dumb and Dumber, but I feel like his na na naivete, <laughs> um, I feel like influenced uh, Dumb and Dumber and just the way that they, the a lot of the lines from the movie and the way they saw things and jumped to the wrong naive conclusions. Um, so I, I think this influenced that. Um, also, f some forced Gump, where it was like this long, you know, story of his life where he was just like really dumb, makes a bunch of mistakes, falls into a whole bunch of wealth, like like mm -hmm. Forrest does with the investment in, into Apple. Um, I. I feel like that um, kind of stole from that a little bit. And then also a little bit of Scarface, which did come out a little before this. So I don't think it, this necessarily influenced it, but it was probably kind of making fun of or, or um, you know, building off of that with his big, you know, building wealth, his big um, study and desk with everything on it. Um, you've at least seen like the, the Scarface like scene mm -hmm. of, of that. And I, I think that was probably a direct like making fun of that. So I think there were a lot of movies mm -hmm. that kind of either influenced this or were influenced by this that um, are otherwise culturally significant too. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I did uh, appreciate all of that. Um, next note I have is the, when he's leaving his home, the leather hat and goggles. I think that was such a really cool like thing growing up is that like the the people were you know wearing the the big like leather hats with the leather goggles and everything i thought that was something i would like get when i was older and cooler and like a teenager or something file that under like the quicksand thing so yeah like, that would just be more a part of and I feel like no one does that anymore and i mm -hmm. i'm surprised that hipsters and and that group doesn't really buy into that nowadays That's true. like i'm gonna ride my motorcycle around with like my leather helmet and leather goggles i mean just off the top of my head i was like snoopy had the leather mm -hmm. hat and goggles. The little girl from Up. Because we, say, just, watched, oh, we yeah. just watched that recently. And I feel like that's also in like Little Rascals. Just one of the kids have. I would assume. That, that was just in the mm -hmm. five seconds you were talking just now that I came up with all those things. And all of that is from yeah. like the 90s. It's clearly or, not guess, safe. There's a lot of issues with it. And probably not from, super comfortable. But, Up was from like 2010. But like yeah. a lot of those things were like 90s and before. That it was but just when is that ever stopped like, like fashion hipsters? It felt like past. it was going to be more a part of our life. Huh. Well, we'll mm -hmm. have to also make note of future uh, leather hat and goggles yeah. and see when when that falls start off. Start a start a counter on that. Um, 
See, we mentioned, oh, did people ever really talk like that gas station owner? I feel like the the whole, like, I don't know what kind of accent that was, like the wise guy, yeah. is it like a New York accent or something? It just seems like something you ever only hear in movies, and do people actually talk like that? I don't know, Maybe? now I feel like I need to hear it again. It I mean, he definitely out? had something specific, but yeah. is it, was it similar to that, like, transatlantic, like, that's Kennedy? What I'm, that's what I'm thinking type accent like that fake forced accent of that time 60s 70s mm -hmm. would make sense it's probably that. very of the time i feel like you don't really hear real people talk like that anymore unless they're being a character or something um the sniper was from christopher the cranks uh, pizza in a cup uh i'm pretty sure that was on binging with babish or at least one of the um youtube shows we've seen and it also like it sounds like crap at first, and I'm like, actually, I could say it'd be really good. I kind of would like to have some pizza I mean, in a cup. I've I mean, had things in a cup that are pretty good. That yeah. I I mean, if Babby has it, I'd mm -hmm. get maybe next maybe next week we'll start with it. Yeah. No, just kidding. We have two kids. I, oh, I don't have the brain power to come up with that before next week, but we can definitely try it sometime. Um, the random singing numbers. There again, there was another one, and there's one last week in Blazing Saddles, and one in this where they're walking on the beach. They're like singing and he's playing some sort of like ukulele or something. Mm -hmm. She pulls out a trumpet. Obviously, like, they're making a joke, but I, I feel like so many movies have like these random singing numbers. And mm -hmm. I was not as surprised because I know, uh, like to me, Bernadette Peters is a musical mm -hmm. person. And I feel like you were like, oh, I recognize her from something. And I was like, oh, I think of her as musical mm -hmm. things. And then, I mean, five minutes later, she's singing yeah. and playing the trumpet. And this is obviously a joke, but it also kind of um, reminded me of. Um, when they sing Afternoon Delight in Anchorman, mm -hmm. of like, we're just gonna just randomly in the middle of this movie just bust out into like this this song. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're kind of making fun of that. I don't know if that was more of a, like a serious thing that happened in, in movies that doesn't happen as much now. Unless you're like, yeah. you, I feel like you, nowadays you either are a musical or you're not a musical. There's there either, like if there's yeah. if there's any songs in it, it's gonna be all throughout the movie. And I think that's probably why like it feels weird to us mm -hmm. because that's it's you are a musical or you're not. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, Shrek I, was the last movie that I can think of to like kind of border on that line of like, are you a musical? No, but you had some singing in it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, so far we're kind of seeing that, you know, music, the main actors and actresses singing mm -hmm. in the movies is probably more common at this time. And it'll be something interesting, again, to watch mm -hmm. every week because uh, that's two weeks in a row. Oh, uh, the next I have is being rich before like technology. And seeing the the portrayal of being like really wealthy uh, before there was like flat screens or smart homes or anything, it's just interesting how like the idea is I'm just gonna have all these big rooms with a bunch of like velvet couches and the and, giant stuffed animal like yeah. stuffed real actual animals. Yeah. Um, I I, I giggled through that whole scene because it felt like, you kind of mentioned it already. It was yeah the like. Um, call back to Scarface scene mm -hmm. or whatever. The whole, all of it seemed like such a caricature of what being rich mm -hmm. is. is. I'm gonna have this elaborate room, I'm gonna have the circle bed that spins, and yeah. the, this red velvet room, and this orange room, and the disco room, and just this very over the top. It just seems nowadays like those, like if you looked at that house, even if it was kept like looking nice, you look at that house, you'd be like, what am I gonna do with all these random ass rooms with a bunch of like, mm -hmm. you know, stuffed, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, even, like, I think about, like, the, um, like, the, the Vatican and, and mm -hmm. like, the places we went in Rome where it was, like, this is, this is practical? Mm -hmm. Do people really use all these rooms? Whereas, like, now we'd rather have, like, you know, like, a theater room and, like, more, yeah. more invested. Yeah, a like, big open floor plan so you have everyone kind of here, but not, like, a bunch of random, like, themed rooms mm -hmm. or, like, velvet bed rooms. 
Just the, the I mean, work. We don't even have a dining room that yeah. like the, the idea of having that feels weird. At least you have like this big like garden, like outdoor area. I feel like that mm -hmm. kind of makes sense, especially somewhere like California. You don't have to worry about his bugs as much. You wouldn't really want that in Virginia because it'd just be miserable for most of the year. Um, but I just always find those scenes funny of like, what do they do with like over the top money? <laughs> just see a bunch of it's random true. weird rooms with a bunch of a lot like. I would also love to know how much, like how much money he really had mm -hmm. from his what optigrad. Yeah, well, he had what two hundred fifty thousand, and they said he like had seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, nowadays, if you had like, you know, a couple million dollars, it's not going to get you very far, especially in California. Like oh. <laughs> that's 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 uh like middle lower class there <laughs> for sure depending on where you are in california um and then we did uh finally talk about the narration so mm -hmm. next up for your notes um so i start off by saying that steve martin is the same in a lot of ways you see mm -hmm. where what where he started from here i mean i don't know if he had movies before this we'll talk about that next week mm -hmm. but this is obviously very early on in his career and you very much see where his style of acting is very much the same as he goes on. Um, but also at the same time, I feel like there were parts where I was like, you're not a great actor in this. Like you are still very, very fresh mm -hmm. in your career. And I see the building blocks of where you're gonna be, but you're not mm -hmm. that great right yet. It's a little like overly theatrical. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna skip down just a couple because then later I said like, I don't know that I would have thought about how much of a physical comedian he is, but I feel like he uses his body for everything he does. Mm -hmm. It's all like how he dances or how he moves or his face, or it's so much, so much of his comedy is dependent on his physical movements. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I fully appreciated that until I watched this. Yeah. He was very nimble in a lot of those scenes too, the way he danced, <laughs> threw, threw his legs around. And, but even like, I still think of, you know, a lot of the things he does today or in, you know, our lifetime, mm -hmm. 20 years, 30 years after this came out, still pretty nimble, like just a mm -hmm. pretty bounce yeah. around there kind of guy. Um, and um, I said the humor, just like the racial based humor, mm -hmm. probably also a lot more prevalent after watching Blazing Saddles last week where it was kind of already on my mind. And then there was, it was like, oh, I guess this was just a theme in the seventies. Mm -hmm. Is this where our comedy is based? I don't know. We'll watch more kind of make, yeah. 70s movies, but... Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a lot more common in the 60s, 70s movies and oh. trending out very quickly in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see how that plays out as we continue to watch things. Um, and then I'll start, like, hitchhiking. It just seemed like, it, again, another thing that, yeah. that seemed like it was something I was probably going to do in my life, mm -hmm. where now I'm like, I would never stand on the side of the road and stick my thumb out and mm -hmm. just get into a car with a stranger. Yep. I mean, I a lot illegal, of- it's illegal now it, in a lot yes. of places, but- And I feel like a lot of that is also my personality and that I'm not a super extrovert where I want to talk mm -hmm. to strangers, but it just seemed like it was something that was very But common. I think nowadays hitchhiking would be safer because you'd at least have like a cell phone and some way to like communicate with people. Mm -hmm. um, but Very maybe, true. Can you imagine in 1970 something just sticking your thumb out on the side of the road and getting in the car with who knows who? Is this not like is is Uber not the modern day version of hitchhiking though? Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, you oh. generally aren't going like across the country random like places like. But I think like the idea ride sharing 
That's kind of like what Uber and Lyft are. You're okay, getting the you, car with random you got strangers. Me. It's probably safer now. I think it's still there. It's just not uh not quite as random to an extent. There's there's some. But I feel like there has to be some kind of accountability with like Uber and Lyft. Is they are working yeah. for a company and they're doing background checks and it's not. There know, there is a little bit more there than just who knows who on mm -hmm. the side of the road and like if they let me off in a not so safe place and I get picked up by someone like yeah. there's a lot more variety or you know, mm -hmm. variability of what is and isn't yeah. safe as opposed to I am being picked up at this location and you are taking me mm -hmm. touche though <laughs> because I've you got me you got me there <laughs> still just the idea of standing yeah. by the road is yeah I mean I still love taking safer. Ubers just randomly like by myself mm -hmm. so um and then uh, I also made a note that he was making a dollar and ten cents an hour, and obviously he was very naive. And I don't mm -hmm. know what the minimum wage was in 1979, but probably was that. Probably, I mean, but he was like so excited, and I was like a dollar and ten cents an hour. Mm -hmm. 2023, that really hits. Yeah. Way different. So then, if you think that he had like two million dollars, and multiply that by, if, say, with a one ten, it's equivalent to minimum wage ish set times seven. Having about $14 million, yeah, it'd be a bit more than, you know. Mm -hmm. you, you would get by with quite a bit. I don't know if you'd have that huge mansion in California, but yeah. Um, and then I feel like that also... If you're trying to blow all the money, yeah, you probably could get something nice. It'd be, we need, to, I feel like I need to sit down and do the math of the $1.10 an hour based mm -hmm. off of the risky business, which came out four years later of the, um, what was it, the... The dermatologist made sixty thousand mm -hmm. dollars a year, and the MBA was forty thousand or yeah, something like that. So. And just kind of seeing how all that works out, because I feel like a lot. I feel like there are sometimes where they just omit the money mm -hmm. version of a lot of things, so that they don't date the content of the book or the movie or whatever. But yeah. I'm I'm really loving how how this does date it because I feel like it's well, especially so if interesting you compared that if you compared those amounts to like 2018 versus 2023. I feel like just in those five years, it's <laughs> everything mm -hmm. is kind of double also too. That is true. With all the crazy inflation and everything. Yeah. So we'll do some math this week and uh, check back in and see how mm -hmm. those equate out. Yeah. Um, and then I also made a note about the phone book. Like he, I mean, obviously he's mm -hmm. very naive and very over the top when he gets the phone book and his name's in the phone book. Mm -hmm. But I also hadn't really thought about that because are there even phone books anymore? I feel like they used to just get delivered everywhere. I don't know if people like paid for that service or something, but I feel like my parents would just get like a new phone book every but, now and then. Oh, but I but now don't we, think like, anyone gets them anymore. Right. Like I don't think they exist anymore. And just that's a lot of paper. It is a lot, a lot of anchor. Dunder Mifflin would have loved that. <laughs> True. But just I mean, I imagine I would be very excited. Mm -hmm. To like become an adult and be labeled in the phone book and having a, like you know a place that no you nowadays reference. everyone would be terrified that people have that information and they would be more excited to not be in the phone book. That is true, but I can see where it was a stated mm -hmm. like, status thing of like I'm in the phone book now and just mm -hmm. his enthusiasm and that's something that has just completely died out yeah. now, which I thought was wild. Nowadays you're more excited that you're um you have your like own website or true something like that. Um, I had a note about Elf. I was really proud of that connection. I'm so mad you stole it from me. I was trying so hard. I wanted to say it the whole time we're watching the movie, but I'm like, no, we have to save it for the after show. Let's just take a quick second to talk about the experience of watching the movie together and not saying everything that we think during mm -hmm. this is really, really hard. Yeah. 
Because we usually talk so much more and say things, but I think we've like over the last couple of weeks said less and less. To whereas now we're watching the movie, we're just like sitting there like, mm, nothing to say. Just don't want to talk. Just save that. Yeah. And I also just like I'm trying not take some notes. Trying not to look at his notes while I write my notes so that mm. we don't. Yeah. So that it, because I feel like obviously the conversation is better when you don't know what's coming. Mm -hmm. You stole my elf thing because I was so proud of that connection. Sorry. Um, another, we talked about last week about how there was a lot of scenes that were sped up and like the frame rate and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And when the little boy was on the train, I felt like that was noticeable. 100%, yeah. Like noticeably sped up. Mm. Um, just interesting from a videography point of view. Um, also, Bernadette Peters' dress when she is like dating him in the um carnival mm -hmm. looks like she's straight out of the 1800s yeah like i don't know it was just not even of the 70s it was just like very very i outdated. just feel like also everything about her just i i couldn't even imagine what she would look like in a modern day setting even just her hair the crazy like is her, mm -hmm. her head just looked really small with how much like f you know crazy frizzy hair mm -hmm. um that i'm like i, I want to see a picture of what she you know looked like 20, 30 years later because I just came, couldn't even picture it watching it that it yeah. was very... I think she would have thrived in like 1890s. Mm -hmm. Like she thrived with mm -hmm. the clothing and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the dress really caught me off guard. And then uh, similarly along the lines of the quicksand and all that kind of stuff, the cross eyes. Mm -hmm. Like the 70s and the 80s were really big on... Going cross-eyed. Yes. Yeah, I, and that's uh, something that like I remember being like kind of doing as a joke as a kid, and everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Oh, your eyes are gonna stuff like that," and and it's not something that I just don't you don't see well, on TV anymore. The thing of people are like, if someone's going cross-eyed and you hit them on the back of the head, they they'll go cross-eyed permanently. And so people are like, "Don't don't cross your eyes. If someone hits you, like you'll go cross-eyed permanently." All those kind of like folklore type. Can you imagine things? like running into someone like nowadays and they like eyes are permanently crossed? You're like, oh man, what happened? They're like, well, uh, since I was in fourth grade and I crossed my eyes and someone hit me in the back of the head and just been that way for. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe like it was. Was that just like easy comedy back then, or yes, yeah, or just something that was just a trend, and then we decided that that wasn't funny anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I'm trying to think what the modern day equivalent would be, and I, I just can't. It's just, but it's like some like something it's, like quicksand where you saw it a lot mm -hmm. for a while, and then it's you don't see it anymore. Yeah, did someone just like realize they could do that? It was first shown on film, and everyone had to do it for like five years, then no one did it. I don't yeah. know. I agree. I don't know. It was just very weird. And then my last note is about the R rating. Mm -hmm. Just very end, like we, you had already walked away and the credits were still rolling and that's something I thought about. So mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting to track, you know, how our PG and PG-13 and all of that stuff kind of changes mm -hmm. throughout the years. So if there are some movies, if you go back that, you know, have a lot more like either nudity mm -hmm. or, um, like swearing that nowadays would definitely be rated R, but they were like PG. You're like, oh, okay. I guess you could show a tip I mean, in, in 1987 and so my, PG. My uh, two VHS Titanic tape mm -hmm. is is rated PG-13, but I'm pretty certain it's rated R now. Probably, yeah. Because I remember, I remember being shocked that I was watching a PG-13 movie well, at like age be, nine. Nowadays it would be banned from Blockbuster and so true and then they moved it up to r and i was like oh man i had to watch an r-rated movie as like mm -hmm. an eight-year-old or whenever the movie came out that mm -hmm. i know that the ratings have changed a lot so i think that'll be interesting for us to check but yeah yeah that was uh the jerk mm -hmm. still terrible title for it yeah even saying it out loud it just 
I want to look into like how they came up with that and wh whether it was like something they, they came up with a title for it and then came up with a story afterwards because it just feel like mm -hmm. and maybe the jerk maybe jerk had like a different connotation in 1979 versus and now it might, but, and it actually might have yeah so that'll be interesting I'll, yeah. I'll let you deep dive that one yeah. for next week but. unless it was more of like a Cause if it wasn't like a soda jerk, like wasn't that like an actual like the name of like or the the job title of someone who worked in like a um, a diner that like actually did? I think that was a thing. I'm maybe? not saying you're wrong. I'm saying yeah. I have no clue. So maybe it was. We'll find out. But yeah, yeah. The jerk. Yeah. Episode five. Yeah. Dec decent movie. Uh, weird title. But yeah. <laughs> decent movie. Weird title. That's cheers. sums this up. Yes. Cheers. Episode five. Catch you next week. Mm -hmm.